The following program is scheduled for one fall with a 60-minute time limit. This is Take 4 Wrestling with your hosts, Brian Kilby and J.T. Hogg. You are listening to Take 4 Wrestling. I am Brian Kilby, and with me I have the man himself. No reason to drag it out. You're the man, J.T. Hogg. Well, thank you very much, Mr. Kilby. I think you're the man. Awesome. Hey, so um, just asking, I, you, you didn't happen to be wrestling today, were you? Uh, n- no, we were uh, filming. I was doing some uh, interviews and stuff for the uh, show upcoming. Because it looked like somebody might have taken control of your phone during that time. <laughs> yeah, my I have some real immature friends. Of course, <laughs> I do it to them, too. So, But, uh, yeah, they, they went a little nutso on my Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> I think they misrepresented me. I can tell. I, I, I can tell when you're with the guys. Yeah, yeah, we're uh, we're an immature bunch. That's uh, definitely a fact. But the uh, I remember Crash Holly told me one time he uh, he was like, "All wrestlers are immature. We're a bunch of adults play fighting." What do you think? Yeah, it's, like, it's <laughs> makes sense when you put it that but way. We have a lot of fun though, uh, and hopefully, people know that I wouldn't smell my own farts. So, uh, well, I'm certain that JT Hogg doesn't fart. <laughs> maybe the guy maybe the guy who um plays JT Hogg farts, but JT Hogg himself he doesn't fart. He uh he sparkles or something. <laughs> he sparkles. <laughs> oh man. Okay, so uh on, Bo on the show on the show this week. Okay, so so my bad. Uh, on the last show I mentioned uh two shows from Madison Square Garden, which on the WWE network are listed under old school, which are October twenty eighth, nineteen ninety one and um twelve twenty two, uh December twenty second, nineteen ninety one. The site that I was looking at referenced those episodes or those events. So one is an hour and fifteen and then one is forty eight minutes. So I thought, sure, okay, that, that, that makes about one episode of Take for Wrestling. No, each show is about two hours. I just thought you'd uh, just went a little crazy. Yeah. So, <laughs> so what we're going to do is uh, on this episode, we're going to talk about the Madison Square Garden show from October 91. Next week, we'll talk about the Madison Square Garden show from December 91. Uh, both shows are pretty packed with a lot of honestly good matches. I enjoyed watching both quite a bit. Um, and I, I'm actually surprised how much I did considering uh, this is not. This is something I have a lot of nostalgia for in the WWF, but not from a match quality perspective. But I guess uh, I guess they tend to do uh, pretty good stuff at MSG. Uh, yeah, Matt, I think Madison Square Gardens they really uh, brought their A games. Uh, I think that crowd was pretty rough. Oh, um, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, definitely. Uh, but before we get to that, let's talk about our gimmick of the week this week. Uh, JT, who is that? It is Arachna Man. I I have no idea who that is. Well, he didn't last very long, but um, he was played by one of the Armstrong brothers. Which one? Brad. Brad Armstrong? Brad Armstrong. Really? Okay. And um, he he came into WCW. He was yellow. He wore a yellow and purple bodysuit with a mask, and um, it had webs on it. And um, it, was, uh, it bore a strong relim- resemblance to Spider-Man. In fact, so strong that Marvel Comics... Uh, threatened legal action and wcw dropped the character when was this oh around uh 91 i believe so 92 was this about the time that wcw had the marvel comics uh book Ooh, i don't know i didn't even think about that maybe uh that was part of the deal like they let them do the 
WCW or they let him do the WCW comics if they didn't sue him. Okay, I've never seen this before, <laughs> and he looks ridiculous. Yeah, he sprayed um, like silly string, I think, out of his uh, wrists, and uh, it was definitely a Spider-Man ripoff. Which uh, you would think it was uh, enough of a difference that um, they wouldn't be able to sue him because it's not he was completely different colors. Oh, you can sue somebody yeah. for anybody, but you won't necessarily win. Yeah, I figured that would be under what's that the parody law or but uh he was a uh, very short stint but it was pretty popular with the kids. I remember it. It stuck out to me even though it lasted maybe a couple months. I know it's kind of a cheap gimmick of the week, but it's nonetheless um wrestling has a long history of taking characters and turning them into wrestlers. Um they've done it. Memphis was famous for it by doing guys like Jason and Freddie and the Leatherface. And I think um, over in Japan, they still do a lot of that. I'm certain. I've wrestled, I've wrestled on shows with Batman and Spider-Man before, which was an interesting tag team. I think they just had a Batman and a Spider-Man costume used it. But uh, it was uh, they're pretty good costumes too. Like they're top of the line. But um, yeah, that's been a, in the history of wrestling taking a, a character, and um, I think more on the uh, outlaw and the independent circuit, they just outright copy them. But uh, they have to be a little bit more creative when they're on uh, big time in WCW or WWF. I'm looking at um, I'm WWF. Lo- Go ahead. Oh, uh, WWF. I don't. There's not too many instances where they did stuff like this, but WCW was did it a lot. Like with a uh, juicer, if you remember him, the Beetlejuice type character. Oh my god. <laughs> Which was actually he was played by Art Bar. Really. So um, yeah, it was Art Bar's uh, one of his big time. Big breaks in wrestling was the juicer, but um, I'd say in general that WWE or WWF was more sophisticated, for lack of a better word. I mean, I would say that the people running WWF were more worldly and aware of things like lawsuits, uh, <laughs> be, being in you know New York and Connecticut, than you know the the wrestling that was going on down in Atlanta. Um, Actually, this made me think, though, about uh, the Marvel WCW comic, and I'm checking eBay right now. Um, nobody has a complete run for sale, but I would like to get a whole, my hands on like a complete run. I wonder, <laughs> Did you read those? Oh uh, Yeah, I read it as a kid. I, not the whole thing. Uh, I, I, I mean, remember PN News was a big deal in that. Oh, PN News. Uh, yeah. I, want, I wonder if. I wonder if that's available digitally. I, I guess that WWE owns this because the companies that um, that the license is in respect to tends to have the copyright of the material. At least that's how it works with things like with the Transformers, where that can be granted to other people. So the stuff that Marvel published like in the 90s and 80s can, uh, is being published by the company IDW today in the U.S., I wonder if there'd be a way to get a hold of this. Yeah, that's true. Um, I doubt they'll ever release it, but um, have you ever, did you read the uh, WWF comics? Uh, No. They were uh, pretty interesting too. It was like uh, Undertaker fought Big Boss Man in a mortuary. I would totally read the heck out of that though. (laughs) The Legion of Doom tried to run over the natural disasters and uh, Bushwhackers. uh, They had a Bushwhacker one. Uh, They were more... um, like uh trade paperbacks than actual comic books but both companies did try to do um uh comic book characters oh gosh actually i'm i'm looking at ebay right now 
And uh, I, I'm seeing stuff I actually did own, like the Chaos Comics of Steve Austin. I had, oh, yeah. I had that. Uh, I'm certain that was later than what you're talking about. But uh, yeah, uh, Ultimate Warrior had his comic book. Yeah, uh, the Ka- Santa. Yeah, I remember the Chaos <laughs> books. I had the Undertaker. I didn't have the Rock book, but I had some of the stuff. I think Nash had a comic book too. Oh God. Where he was like in a post-apocalyptic world. Oh my God! The Ultimate Warriors workout comic. Oh it, wow! I am buying this. I didn't even know about that one. Uh, I am buying the heck out of this right now. What's this? Oh holy crap! I have now found a hobby that I don't need. <laughs> What's well, a good thing about Take Four Wrestling? It'll bring up uh, stuff you don't even think about. I oh I had I had this workout comic yeah. Oh, this is awesome. Please, people, go to tfradio.net slash Amazon. Do all your Amazon shopping uh, through tfradio.net slash Amazon so that I can afford to eat because I'm going to blow all of my money on wrestling crap. Yeah, the other ones are called um, WWF Battle Mania, and that's one with, like, the Bushwhackers and the Mountie, Undertaker and Big Boss Man and Natural Disasters and Road Warriors, which is topical. Yeah, that's true. Good point. Let's go ahead and uh, jump into... The show, uh, I really enjoyed this, to be honest. Um, I enjoyed both shows, but I think there are things I enjoyed a lot from uh, from both, though. Uh, and it was kind of interesting to see how some uh, storylines were still playing out even through um, this event. While this was technically, would this be considered a non-televised event? I mean, there was the MSG channel where they aired things on Madison Square Garden. Um, but this would not have been something that would have been normally broadcast on TV. Am I correct? No. Or, yeah, it wasn't. It it would have definitely been something I would have watched during this time. It, it would be. But, it would have been aired. Oh yeah. No, it wouldn't have been. But it would have been something I really would have enjoyed to see. Uh, what could it not have been on the WWF primetime wrestling? Maybe some of it potentially. Uh, maybe some of the matches, but um, like maybe like. Hercules and El Matador probably would have popped up on there, maybe. But I get the feeling since uh, there was commentary and that the commentary was live, uh, that at the very least it was used on the MSG TV. Yeah, MS. Yeah, they the MSG had their own channel. Yeah, in New York, so they always aired. Which I would have loved to have had that during this time period. Oh, that would have been awesome, wouldn't it? <laughs> well, it was just matches you never saw. Um, I mean, these are effectively like, house show matches. Yeah, and it's they're amazing. They're good matches because they're they're really going out there and they're wrestling good matches. Like as a kid, I always wondered why didn't uh, Ric Flair ever wrestle Rowdy Piper at a pay per view? Yeah, um, I think the only time they ever met was at uh, Survivor Series '92 or '91, um, and that was it. Like that was their feud pretty much because the feuds were all built up to the house shows. Yep, and if the house shows didn't make their cycle around that time. In your town, you're out of luck. Because mm-hmm. um, I think uh, I was going to a lot of the shows then, but I think this whole era was uh, never came to Columbus. Yeah, uh, I mean, yeah. Would this would this this would be a high period or a low period? This would be going in. This would probably be a high period, I would think. Yeah, yeah. I think it was just getting ready before the low period. So oh, wow. Columbus might have been well, what a B or a C town. I think it was a B town. Yeah, yeah. Because Hulk Hogan very rarely ever came. Out of the twenty shows I saw, he probably he I think he was only at one actually, and uh, a lot of times it was like Macho Man and Hacksaw were always like the main events or Bret Hart, Mister Perfect. So I wasn't uh, denied good matches, but um, I would have loved to have seen Rowdy Piper 
versus Ric Flair live. Oh yeah, absolutely. The only time I ever saw Roddy Piper live during that time was he did a uh, special guest referee match for Kerry Von Erich and Mr. Perfect. And uh, yeah, I don't know why they didn't come to Columbus that much during that time. Maybe they did, and I just didn't go. Maybe my parents didn't tell me. Yeah, because <laughs> it was too expensive. Uh, but the course, fir- go ahead. Oh, of course, you look at the uh, ticket prices now compared to then. Be like, oh, wasn't that expensive? No, yeah, you're right. Fifteen bucks. Uh, the uh, first match on the show uh, was uh, Kerry Von Erich and your buddy Big Bully Busick. That's right. Um, Big Bully Busick and Kerry Von Erich. Uh, Carrie looked a little messed up in this match. You think so? Yeah, he, uh, I it, think this was during a bad time for him. It didn't register to me. Uh, I wasn't paying attention that closely. Uh, but I, I guess in retrospect, I see what you mean. Yeah, there was a lot of, uh, this match was a little on the sloppy side. Um, but it was, I, I still enjoyed the match because I enjoyed both these guys immensely. Uh, I think Carrie Von Eric was just a whole lot of wasted potential. Um, unfortunately he could have been, he could have been the man and he was for a while. Well, he, I mean, but, he absolutely could have been, but he could have been like the main man and uh big bully Busick was, uh, I mean, he's just one of those big, tough, scary looking dudes. I wouldn't mess with him. Yeah. I mean, he's still a fairly scary dude. Um, he's, he's a little, uh, a little lighter now. Um, cause he had that battle with cancer, but, um, he's, uh, cause he was a, a big power lifter too. Does he still wrestle? Uh, no, I, he just manages now, I think, but he had to say he wears the same boots. Um, I think he just likes to get out there and have fun. He's a super nice guy. Um, a lot of fun to be around and, uh, we're still working on that interview with him that I'll be bringing to take for wrestling. Cool. Because I think it'd be interesting to, uh, talk to somebody that was actually there during this time. My favorite era of wrestling, like the 91, 92 era. Um, he's still got the mustache too. So and he twirls it like a villain. That's pretty sweet. <laughs> but Kerry Von Erich, yeah, he uh, he was just phenomenal looking. And to know that he was wrestling with only one foot yeah. is even more amazing. I mean, amazing athlete. Um, obviously, he came from uh, just a wrestling, I mean, legendary, legendary wrestling family. And, I mean, the fact that uh, he was an NWA champion at one point, wasn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he beat Ric Flair. That's amazing. And uh, he never, I mean, he they, he came in and basically got the Intercontinental title pretty quick. Yeah, I would like to have known if he wouldn't have had so many demons, what would have happened if uh, he would have been pushed to the top. Because, I mean, obviously he was right up Vince McMahon's alley. Oh, yeah. Just phenomenal shape. And uh, I mean, he, was, he wasn't as big as Hogan. I mean, he was a, he was, he wasn't a small guy. I mean, how much did he weigh? About 250? Yeah, probably about 250 to 270, maybe. He was about 6'1", I mean, 6'2". Six, six, he wasn't a giant. He was, def- he was... He, he's definitely more of a, definitely more of a NWA, uh, the guy, guys you would see, like, in, even though he wasn't Mid-Atlantic, he's got more of the build of somebody that you would have saw in Mid-Atlantic. Yeah. Yeah, he was like that uh, athletic muscular. Yeah. He wasn't, um, he's because he was just extremely athletic. He was. And it's just, it's a shame. And, uh, supposedly he wasn't even the best of the Von Eriks. I've heard that. <laughs> so, uh, but I think he was the one that had the, the, the whole complete package. Yeah. 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 Cause even as a, as one man to another man, I thought he was a handsome fellow. Uh, you meant you're talking about the Armstrongs before I would say that Brad Armstrong would probably be the closest analog from the Armstrongs, right? He had the look, he was good enough. 
Yeah. Um, but which is funny because it turned out that a road dog was the, be- the, yeah. the standout of the Armstrongs. But yeah, Brad is another guy that should have been, now that I think about it, he's kind of like Kerry Von Eric. He, sh- some reason, just didn't uh, reach his full potential. Well, there's a reason that Kerry Von Eric didn't reach his full potential. I don't know exactly what it was with Brad. Yeah. Yeah, because Brad was, uh, he had the look. I don't know if it was because they gave him uh, kind of dumb gimmicks right off the bat. Like, he at one point, he was the candy man. <laughs> And he handed out candy. That's awesome. Like, <laughs> he should have went to WWF. Yeah. And of course, their gimmick for a while was that they were cursed. So the Armstrong curse. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. That's why. That's why Road Dog had that shirt. That said, "Look, Ma, no curse." And Von Erichs definitely. People think Von Erichs had one as well. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. The Von Erichs are very tragic. Um, there's a lot of good stuff you can watch on their uh, family and their history. Uh, a lot of it's on uh, YouTube for free. Like the uh, the real documentaries about mid class, uh, mid class, uh, is that right? Mid class, no, uh, world class. Yeah, world class. I was all over the place, uh, but and uh, the, about the Von Erichs and stuff, and it's just it's a it's a good story. It's a it's definitely something that I would suggest anybody to watch. But yeah, just all, everything that happened with the Von Erichs, uh, it's unfortunate. But um, uh, but going back to the match, uh, any do you have any thoughts about this? I mean, it's a it's it's pretty much a squash match. Yeah, it was it was a little a little sloppy. Um, it just uh, the, I don't think the two guys clicked together. Yeah, their styles aren't really complimentary. Yeah, but um, I mean it was it was good for what it was. Uh, okay, so our next match was uh, British Bulldog versus IRS. And watching this, it reminds me that in this era, the the guys were so much bigger. The average guy was so much bigger than the average guy today. Uh, I mean, example, um, IRS. I never thought of IRS as a big man, but he, he's around 240, 250 pounds, which today would be, at the very least, an average size guy, if not an above average size guy. Yeah, he was a big dude. He was a big dude. Uh, I mean, he's bigger than at least one of his sons. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the... Um... Bo Dallas, Dallas is, yeah, yeah, he's a tiny little guy. Yeah, by comparison, well, he's not tiny. Uh, I mean, he's still like six one, but uh, he's you know he probably his dad probably outweighs him by ten or fifteen pounds. Yeah, I was uh, this match reminded me too of how phenomenal uh, Mike Rotunda is. He was great as a wrestler. He was great. Yeah, he's just just great. He took a, a gimmick that would most people would have thought was dumb and just ran with it and turned it into he a, he embraced it. Decent. He embraced yeah. it. It's just uh, it always makes me laugh when he like comes to the ring with the briefcase and because uh, I think Gorilla Monsoon at, he's like what's he got in that briefcase and Bobby's like oh uh, calculators paperwork oh oh uh, th- good thank you for mentioning that so uh, one thing I do enjoy about this show is the play by play because we do have Bobby Heenan uh, we have Gorilla Monsoon uh, this one also has Lord Alfred Hayes right yeah so it's just a lot of fun oh yeah because they're having fun too there's like. Uh, I, there's not as many restrictions on them. I think they're just going, they're just winging it and just having a great time, having a ball. Yeah, it, it, it's just, it's just a lot of fun. Uh, but with this match, uh, we get a chance again to see uh, British Bulldog, who is obviously a very po- powerful man, and um, Mike Rotunda, uh, IRS. And uh, what, what, do you, what did you think about the match? Uh, it was really good. It was a good match. Told a good story. Uh, British Bulldogs, another just completely phenomenal wrestler. 
You think so? Yeah. Do you, do you, I, I, in my mind, in my mind, he's definitely overshadowed by Bret Hart, and I've never thought of the British Bulldog as a phenomenal wrestler, but that's more of a me thing, I guess. Yeah, I think Bulldog um, is another guy that could have easily been uh, world heavyweight champion and uh, somebody you could build the company around. A uh, handsome guy, great look. And he was really athletic in his time. Absolutely. And especially for how big he was. I yeah. mean, he's a big, muscly dude that can just, he's fast. And um, these two guys uh, definitely, they were, uh, this was during a time when they were the workhorses, I think, of the company. Like uh, IRS and Bulldog and like Bret Hart. Those were like the wrestlers. And um, I mean, the Bulldog was a phenomenal tag team wrestler. Yeah. Too, I thought. With the Dynamite. And, uh, I'm a. Yeah, I'm a I'm a big Bulldog fan. Okay, um, cool. I've always liked him. Um, but uh, IRS, uh, he's another guy that was unfortunately had a lot of stupid gimmicks, um, like Captain Mike Rotunda. Captain Mike Rotunda. <laughs> I need to find a shirt and get that for you. That would be awesome. The Captain Mike Rotunda shirt. And of course, he was like uh, Vince Vincent Wall Street when he left after being IRS. Yeah. But the IRS gimmick was great. Um, Cause who, who doesn't like a, who doesn't hate a, or like a, who likes a tax man? I guess somebody married a tax man. Uh, any other thoughts around the match? (laughs) Uh, just good match. It was a, uh, was it time limit draw? Uh, it was, yeah. Basically what happened is, um, (sighs) they teased that they were going to go like another five minutes, uh, time limit draw. Uh, IRS, uh, basically took a powder after going back to the ring, pretending that they were going to go longer and they just ended the match there. Well, yeah. Why would he get back in? He's not going to get any more money for going five minutes. Exactly. Uh, so again, that was, I guess that was, um, I guess that was, there's, they they didn't have an angle at this point though. I mean, they didn't have a storyline, did they? No, I think IRS was relatively new at this point, so he was still getting pushed. Um, they were trying because they put him against uh, Boss Man, right? Yeah, the Be- next one because uh, Boss Man. Um, well, they they put him in a match, but didn't he? He came out and interfered during Boss Man's match. Oh yeah, and then um, Boss so Man set interfered. Up for the next show, and then at the Ma- Madison Square Garden show, Boss Man interfered with his match. Or my missing or or am i connecting the wrong thing together he wrestled boss man at the next show okay that's what was cool about uh watching these two shows in um order two was they kind of fed into the other one they absolutely did so and um even though there was quite a bit of time in between like i think a month or two about two months yeah just shy of two months uh okay so fun match uh the next match was i forgot this one happened not that i not that i'm not i I love the mountie but (laughs) just uh, <laughs> I was going back through and I'm like I don't remember this. The Mountie versus Jim Nighthart. Yeah, I don't I don't remember much of this match either. Uh, I, I was never a fan of Jim Nighthart as a singles. I just he just didn't he just didn't click. Yeah, he definitely was a tag team wrestler. Um of course him and Bret Hart together were I'd say probably up there top 5 tag teams. Um All time? Yeah, I would say Hart Foundation's probably up there all the time. God, I'd have a hard time putting them in the top five. I, I, at the same time, I'd have a hard time not, but I'd have a hard time, um, man. Of course, the Rougeos would be in my top ten too. So my top, my top sets might be a little messed up. We should but, do. We uh, should. We should do that at some point. The Mount, our Mount Rushmores. Yeah, yeah, might be. Uh, yeah, it'd be interesting. To see how yours differs from mine. Gosh, 
I think if I put them in the, if they were in the top five, they'd be at the bottom of the top five. They'd be right at the, they'd be at, they'd be like at number five if they oh, made yeah, it. I have to put some thought into that now. If they of course, you wouldn't have demolition in there either. Would you? Nope. You son of a. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so uh, I like the Mountie. I like the Mountie a lot. I thought the Mountie got better used uh, in the next show that we're going to talk about. Yeah, the Mountie is awesome. Uh, we, he's one of our gimmick of the weeks we profile. Love that gimmick so much. <laughs> I always have. Yeah, and, uh, Jacques Rougeau is just, he's a cool guy. Well, I don't know if he is or not. I've never actually met him, but he's just a By uh, all I accounts. Just, yeah, I like everything he's done. Actually, I've heard stuff that he's not that cool of a guy, actually. But uh, but that's probably from people that he punched in the face with. Yeah, quarters. We don't we don't want <laughs> we don't want to get heat with him. So let's uh, let's let's <laughs> let's jump to the main event. Which, of course, the main event, like it, you know, normal for the WWF uh, MSG show, happens in the middle of the card. That's right. Which is Ric Flair versus Rowdy Roddy Piper, and I enjoyed the heck out of this. It just didn't go long enough. Yeah, um, and this is a match I would have loved to have seen during this time. Um, I'd have been all over this. Because, uh, I mean, I think this is probably Piper's... I mean, he's pretty uh, pretty maxed out here during this time. Uh, yeah. uh, it was one of his best runs, I think. Absolutely, and this didn't feel like a WWF match at all. Yeah, it did. It kind of seemed like it would have been. It would have fit in at a Starcade, definitely. Uh, it definitely felt more like a <laughs> Jim Crockett uh, Starcade style match, and it would have it been was, a heck of a one, heck of a match too. Oh yeah, um, and uh, I was really surprised to see Piper uh, take the pin because um, he lost very rarely in WWF. They're like, all yeah, very very rarely. Like this might have been like maybe one or three times that he lost <laughs> because I think he refused to do the honors a lot of time he and rick were friends one yeah i mean they, they they were friends and two uh they were working a big program with rick uh they were gonna uh, you know obviously he was the top guy from down south uh and they wanted to do more with him and this was before he would become the uh wwf world heavyweight champion and it was so cool uh seeing the the nwa wcw title on uh wwf television yeah yeah because of course they don't have to blur it out anymore. No, they don't. <laughs> and, and just them talking about it, like, um, cause they did a promo with flair and he was talking about how, uh, Hogan, you've, I've, all oh, that's all I've ever heard is, can I beat Hulk Hogan? I've went all around the world and now I'm coming for you. Hulk. Like it was just perfect feud because Ric Flair was like always going around. He was the world heavyweight champion. Then he got Hogan and everybody always wondered. And I guess they were working in that direction, which is one of the reasons they would have had the match at MSG, but they just didn't go there because I guess Vince felt it wasn't just a, a, a money, a money match. And I don't understand that. I, I just don't get it. Vince didn't care so much about what was going on in other places. Yeah, I think, I don't know. I think that could have been a great WrestleMania match. <laughs> Absolutely. And uh, I think they definitely missed the boat well, on that. I, th- I think it could have been a big money match. I don't know that it would have been a great WrestleMania match. But we'll talk more about that next week. That's true. We're talking about Piper and Flair, which is also, I would I would see a Piper-Flair match at WrestleMania. It could have been a WrestleMania match, a great match for uh, SummerSlam. Um, it could have been... It could have been a main event at any of their big shows, and um, unfortunately never happened. Yeah, the closest was uh, Survivor Series 91, um, with uh, Piper on one side and Flair on the other. Yeah. But, yeah, it was uh, – it was yeah, I enjoyed the match. Bobby Heenan was 
course, uh, I love Bobby Heenan doing commentary for Flair. Uh, yeah, <laughs> he, he Bobby Heenan was not his manager. He didn't want to manage Rick. He was an advisor, and he really apparently behind the scenes did not want to be Rick's manager. He did not want to be responsible for Rick because, of course, Rick had habits. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which I think is one of the reasons they took Rick. They took <laughs> they they split the two and put him with um, Kurt Hennig, Mister Perfect. Well, it's only natural progression too to have Bobby Heenan with Ric Flair. I mean, that's just that's the perfect combination, especially in WWF. Yeah, but I mean, you know, Ric Flair doesn't need a manager. No, but like it just kind of sold like uh, the Bobby Heenan always trying to get Hulk Hogan. Yeah, that's true. You know? That's true. But um, uh, yeah, th- this match was a lot of fun. It ended with uh. Ric Flair hitting Piper with uh, brass knuckles and and doing like a well, it, it was almost like he like jumped into a, a pool on top of him yeah. and put his feet on the ropes and then of course Piper uh, beat everybody up with a chair afterwards I, and yeah that was kind of weird um, that was very odd he, especially the way he was swinging the chair he swung the chair like it I don't know like it like he was he was very he was very very uh, protective with the way he swung that chair. Yeah, I think he could have been on uh, Gilligan's Island because he was very ginger. Yeah, exactly. He he he. I mean, I I I don't I hate seeing a chair being used at this point anyway with everything that's happened. But I think of just back to some of the terrible things I saw in ECW, or even the way The Rock uh, handled Mick Foley uh, with all the the hard chair shots. Um, but with that being said, if you're going to swing the chair like that, maybe don't bother swinging it at all. Yeah, yeah, you gotta you either gotta do it or you don't. Um he was more like holding it and running it in. Yeah. Like a battering ram. And the one on the referee was probably the worst. Uh yeah. And <laughs> that one was awful. And uh he even went after poor Arnold Skolan, who looked like he's about ready to poop himself when Piper came uh, after him. You mentioned the ref. The one thing the one spot I really liked from this was when Roddy picked the ref up and set him down on the turnbuckle. Yeah, that was uh that was, that was, a, cool. that was a nice bit. So it's basically so that he and Rick could really go at it. And I thought that was a really uh, nice bit that I don't remember ever seeing. I think Piper done it, has done it a few times because um, I've done that before, of course, because I saw Piper do it. Oh, so nice. uh, I like to just pick the referee and be like, you stay here. We'll take care of it. You count the three. You know, like that's all you need to do. And uh, but this was just a natural feud because um, uh, they feuded in NWA, didn't they? Uh, I know they wrestled. I, I remember in Rick's book, uh, Rick was talking about them being together in Puerto Rico. Doing <laughs> uh, so, I'm certain. I'm certain they their paths crossed. I don't remember specifically. That probably would have been in the early '80s when I was when I was like one or two. Yeah. Uh, but um, Can you I, imagine I, partying with those two? Oh my god! It'd probably kill me. Like in the, if I'm not mistaken, I'm pretty sure in Rick's book they talk about uh, how they got paid in cocaine in Puerto Rico, if I remember right. <laughs> yeah, I'm, if if I'm misremembering, I, I apologize, but I'm pretty sure that's that's uh, that that that's mentioned in the book. Um, it's pretty crazy. Okay, so next match was uh, the Big Boss Man versus Colonel Mustafa. AK. Yeah, not not such a great match. And I completely forgot that the Sheik was going by Colonel Mustafa. I don't really get all of these rebranding, these iconic guys. Because later on, um, uh, El Matador is out. And uh, I mean, I, I'm i pretty sure he went by Tito Santana before he was El Matador in the WWF. Everybody knew who he was. 
I mean, yeah, I, well, at least with him, they didn't try to completely hide it. Yes, but they did. Through Mustafa, they, yeah. Uh, I, I just, I just don't, I just don't get it. I mean, I get, I get. We were, we in the in the United States, we were at war uh, in Iraq. Uh, so they had to change him. Yeah, uh, and he, even though he was Iranian, I don't even know the difference between Iraq and Iran. They're two different countries. I know. I was referencing that one song. Is there a song? A country song. Oh, I don't. Yeah, know. I don't I, even know the difference between Iraq and Iran. Oh yeah, I don't know it. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Well, maybe somebody out there listening will get that joke. Somebody, somebody just popped for that. I'm certain. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that uh, IRS came out during this match. Uh, I don't remember if he interfered or not, though. <laughs> I think it was uh, afterwards because Bossman pinned Iron Sheik with a uh, um, spinebuster. And uh, Iron Sheik was uh, pretty stiff in this match, moving around. Yeah. I think. <laughs> that poor dude. He, uh, well, he broke his leg and he just kept wrestling, so his leg healed curved. Uh, tough guy. Uh, Big Bubba was a, was a tough guy, too. Oh, yeah. He was. Uh, Boss man. I mean. and he, he was so good during this period, too. Oh, he was so great. So fast. He, he was great. As a kid, I didn't appreciate how, for his size, how good he was. Yeah. Just amazing. Uh, I know I say that a lot, but all these wrestlers, I think, during this era, I might have a little bit of a bias, but they were just so good. Like, Big Boss Man was awesome and um, just such a phenomenal athlete. And so, uh, just so good at telling a story, so good at selling, so good at performing the moves. Like, they just had every aspect down. And uh, even though, uh, like, um, have you ever seen the Iron Sheik documentary? Uh, I've heard about. I've heard it's awesome, but I haven't watched it. Yeah, it's really good. I think it's on Netflix. You should check. I'm, pre- that I'm out. pretty sure it is. Um, but it makes you gain a lot of respect for him because he was like a bodyguard for a for a, a sheik. For the, I thought it was for like the Shah of Iran or something. Or yes, it was something. Yeah, something like that. And then, like, I think he knew Saddam Hussein, or and uh, he had to like leave the country uh, to get away. And uh, he's an Olympic athlete. You know, he's just he's he's a pretty cool dude. Um, I've had a few friends that, uh, have, uh, worked a lot of shows with him and they, they always speak very highly of him when he was working shows. I don't think he does too much anymore because the guy can't hardly move. But, um, you know, the, uh, gimmick battle Royal at that one WrestleMania. Yeah. Um, the original winner of that was going to be uh hillbilly Jim, but they couldn't, um, when iron cheek showed up, they realized that he couldn't be thrown over the top rope. Aww. So they, they asked if, uh, they asked Hillbilly if it was all right if Iron Sheik won. And, of course, he didn't have any problem with it. So <laughs> so I thought that was pretty interesting. But it was a good moment for him, you know. But, yeah, this was definitely past uh, Sheiky's prime in this match. Um, it was cool that they gave him a paycheck. You know, he was yeah. he was making some money. So I don't think uh, I don't think he was the best at saving his money beforehand when uh, he was actually no. one of the top guys. Yeah, No, he wasn't. <laughs> And I point everybody back to the Jim Cornette Experience podcast recorded at the Mid-Atlantic Fan Fest in uh, August, I think, of 2016 that I was there for live during the recording where Sonny has the best chic story ever. I'll have to, I'll have to listen to that. Uh, you, should, you should go to the Mid-Atlantic Fan Fest uh, this coming year. It's awesome. I think I might. I think I'd probably have a lot of fun there. Uh, yeah. So, dude, come. Uh, it'll be awesome. Or you can uh, crash here at the house. Okay. Because, I mean, it's like 20 minutes from my house, so you can, cra- oh, wow. you can crash here. Well, that's cool. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yes. I'll bring my overhauls. Do it. No, seriously, <laughs> you really should. I, I, I think it would be awesome. 
You can get when is it? Uh, I think it's in August. I could probably definitely pull that off. Yeah, yeah it'd be a lot of fun. It would be a lot of fun. We get to hang out, maybe record an episode here live in the studio together. That would be amazing. Yeah. I can meet your dogs. Meet the dogs, yeah. By uh, by then, they'll uh, not be crated all day because they're <laughs> in recovery. Uh, let's see here. August 3rd through 6th. Well, I'm going to put that down on my calendar. It's a blast. Yeah, definitely go. And I know some of the guys that go there. So Yeah, you, you, yeah, you do. But, uh, yeah, so uh, let's see here. Uh, next match was, uh, oh, Bret Hart versus the Berserker. And this is the most work that I can ever remember seeing the Berserker doing because my memory as a kid of the berserker was that he would basically beat the crap out of people and people would either lose or he would lose via count out yeah he uh he had one of the interesting gimmicks of his finisher was picking the guy up and throwing him on the outside that was his finisher <laughs> which was really odd um then he won every match by count out yeah it was really really weird uh, <laughs> but he they did quite a bit in this match yeah, he was. Uh, yeah, he did surprise me in this match. Um, I don't know how much of that was just purely Bret Hart, uh, but man, Berserker could go. Yeah, um, that was another. Uh, the I think the Berserker gimmick actually worked. Uh, I, I enjoyed that gimmick. I um, I did too. I mean, as a char- as a character heel, um, it worked. It definitely worked. I mean, again, I was at this point, I was just getting past the point to where the character stuff worked for me, but it still worked for me. Yeah. He, uh, I doing the husk thing. Actually, I, I, uh, man, I'm about to find it. I wrote a song, a parody of the, what does the Fox say? Oh God. And it was, uh, what does the berserker say? <laughs> Great. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to find that and dig it out and probably re-record it. Maybe we'll play it as exclusive on take for us. We could do it. Yeah. Or wait, till, <laughs> wait, wait till you come here. I've got, uh, uh, some decent recording equipment. Uh, and you could actually <laughs> record it, and I could mix it, and uh, we could put it up for download or something. Hey, there you go. That uh, that sounds like a plan. But yeah, Berserker. Uh, I remember the time he tried to stab the Undertaker with the sword, and Undertaker moved out of the way and it went through the canvas. Uh, Berserker was uh, John Nord um, in WCW. He uh, had a little bit of a run there, and uh, of course, we all know Bret Hart, one of the probably top top ten wrestlers of all time. Maybe unless, um, just, yeah. I mean, these two guys had a really good match. I was, I was, uh, enjoyed this match. Of course I enjoyed every match on the show pretty much. Um, yeah, I did too. Even, uh, even the ones that weren't really that good were still good. And from a storytelling standpoint in this, I mean, I, they tried to play off that the berserker was too big to be put in the sharpshooter. Yeah. That was really cool when he just like, chopped him right in the head yeah when he tried to put him in there yeah that was that was a neat uh finish or neat uh bit um i mean ultimately he what happened he got pinned by the crucifix yeah and it was uh just barely could hold him down for the three and his shoulder and, uh, I mean, he, and realistically his his uh his left shoulder wasn't even up <laughs> i mean it wasn't even down it was up which i think it was bobby heenan called that out in the or maybe it's lord alfred hayes but uh but I mean, it, it was still. I mean, it was still uh, a pretty good match. Bret Hart could. Bret Hart's not Ric Flair. He couldn't wrestle a mop and pull out a good match. But uh, he he was pretty close. Yeah, at the time he was definitely. Um, I remember if you you always knew whenever Bret Hart came out that it was going to be like that was going to be like the wrestling match of the night. Yeah. Because um, I I saw him wrestle Mister Perfect probably fifteen times live at the house shows. Oh wow, that my god that would have, that had to have been great. <laughs> oh yeah, just phenomenal every time. And because um, uh, Mr. Perfect and Bret Hart together were 
every time. I mean, you, you didn't get a bad match out yeah, of him. I'm not. I, I wouldn't say that Mr. Perfect is top ten all time. He, but he's in my top ten favorite wrestlers. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Mr. Perfect probably be hmm, top twenty, mm-hmm. top top fifty, top well. God, there's so many. Great, there's so many great wrestlers who've been great champions who've meant so much to the business. Yeah, yeah. The we're, I'm gonna sit down and do a list. Let's do it. We'll compare notes. We're gonna, no, gonna do that. Just keep reminding me, because I'll forget. <laughs> Henry Godwin's at number two. Uh, but for what it was, for what it was, it was a good match. Yeah. Yep. Enjoyed it. Uh, next match was um, Hercules versus uh, Tito Santana El Matador. Uh, it was a Hercules match. Yeah, Hercules. Uh, was a um I liked I enjoyed I liked Hercules. I was a big Hercules I, fan. I wasn't a big I fan of I Power and Glory. Yeah. Uh, I, I as a kid I really liked Tito Santana. Tito was cool. Uh he was just always like that constant good guy that was always getting screwed over. Yeah. <laughs> He's always like uh his mouth was hanging over hanging open after matches and displeasure. Uh that's how I always remember him. Um, cause he'd always just get beat by getting cheated or something, but he won all these, uh, Madison square garden shows. Yeah. So it was kind of nice seeing him win. Um, and Tito was, uh, he was just a very good, reliable face. He was, he was, he was definitely solid. He was never the, he was never the guy, but he could get the guy over. He was, uh, he yeah. was, he was a definite mid Carter. Um, uh, I mean, he was, he was, he was a top mid, he was one of the top mid Carters of the eighties and nineties. And he was a, uh, these two guys had both had really long careers with WWF, like constant stints. Um, Tito Santana was there for a long time, just straight, straight up. Yeah. Let's see. So Hercules, his, his biggest run, I guess would have been during the eighties. That's when he would have, that's what like, uh, as a singles though, primarily. Yeah. When he, uh, probably his feud with like DiBiase was probably one of his biggest runs. Um, cause he was always just a big solid mid card. Like, uh, he was kind of like a feeder fish to Hulk Hogan opponents. Yeah. Like him and Hacksaw were probably like Hacksaw was, he could also transition to main event, but Hercules was like, uh, the guy like earthquake would be or, um, just anybody coming into wrestle Hogan. And, uh, he started out as a heel. Uh, his, I used to, uh, have his, uh, a packaged, uh, Men on card of his LJN figure. Oh, really? When he was when he was wearing all like the brown leather when he was being managed by uh, Classy Freddie Blassie. Ah, uh, Classy! I cried when he died. I cried when Hercules died. I didn't I was you, sad. like uh, at the time. I didn't. I didn't know that he had died when it happened. I didn't find out until later. Yeah, I was. I was sad about that because I I liked Hercules a lot. Um, and darn it, they they haven't put out a uh, classic figure of him. I don't know why. Because I'd be all over that. Yeah, but uh, well, <laughs> so I'll, I'll I'll point this out. Like, I, it takes a lot for me to cry. I cried when Frassy, classy Freddie Blassie died. I really did. It's not long. It was like not long after I read his uh, autobiography, which I, I I still think is great, and uh, that that really hit me. But yeah, Hercules, he died. He wasn't that old when he died. No, he died pretty early. I think he was in his early forties. Uh, he. Let's see here. He. Let me look. Let me do a quick Google search because I don't want to get this wrong. Uh, da, 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 da. He was born in '56 and died in '04, so he was 47. The late 40s. Still, yeah. that's still too early. Uh, he was uh, just a big tough guy. Um, so I'm looking at his Wikipedia right now. Uh, he was six one and 270 pounds, which uh, you know, given his build, I always thought he was bigger than that. Yeah, he seemed like he would be bigger than six one. 
I think they build them at like six four, but probably. I mean, they usually tack down about three inches. Yeah, like I think Ho- they tack. They said Hogan is six seven. He's more like six four. Yeah, yeah, but Hercules. Uh, I I think there was a lot of potential in that Power and Glory tag team. Um, they were they had one of the coolest finishers, the uh, superplex into the splash, mm-hmm. and um, I love their matches with the Rockers. Um, but uh, unfortunately, when Paul Roma left, Hercules was kind of uh, left there by himself, still wearing the Power and Glory tights and everything. Mm. In fact, uh, when I was doing, uh, I did a tag team for a while as a heel with the Black Bloods, and uh, we were called the Black Bloods, and we had like uh, special, I had special tights with everything. It still had, it said like Black Bloods on the side of it and stuff. And uh, when he, uh, my partner, left, I still wore it. And I was, I consider that my Hercules phase because I felt like Hercules because he was still wearing the power and glory stuff way after Paul Roma left. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I always imagined myself as like, I was, that was my Hercules days. Mm-hmm. But, um, in Tito Santana, uh, this was, uh, his, uh, gimmick change was more of a, I think just a little refreshing refresher because he'd been there so long. And, um, I don't think he really liked it too much. I don't think, but he, I don't think he really cared that much. It's not like they were completely changing him. And he got a paycheck out of it. Yeah, he just went off and got some bull training and then came back. I think this was the match where uh, Bobby Heenan said, he's like, is he going to cut his ears off? Because they they usually cut the bull's ears off after a bullfight. And speaking of bullfighting, that's a whole awful thing. Yeah. Oh, gosh. I kind of like it when the bull actually gets a hold of the matador. It's 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 terrible either way. Uh, yeah. Any any general thoughts about the match though? I I don't really have a whole lot on this one. Uh, the next the this is a good solid match. Yeah. Um, I think the crowd got a little bit of bored in the middle of it. Um, I think it was a little too long, but yeah, it's some good selling in it, and they're always uh, two dependable guys to have a decent match. So. Uh, next match, I actually thought, I, I, I actually really liked the build too. Uh, it was the natural disasters versus the Legion of doom. And what I really liked was the fact that, um, they pointed out that, uh, like, uh, earthquake and typhoon, it's typhoon, right? Yeah. Um, so I, I just always want to say tugboat, chic uh, tugboat, chic tugboat. Oh my God. <laughs> Uh, how, like John Tenta, I forget how big that dude was. Oh my God. I mean, he towered over the Legion of Doom. Yeah, this was uh, this was fun to watch because the natural disasters just obliterated them, and you don't see that very often with the Legion of Doom. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were really pushing the natural disasters at this time, which they should. I mean, what tag teams bigger than them? None. Big, scary tag team. Nobody. Yeah, I mean. uh, I'm not a huge fan of the Legion of Doom and the Road Warriors, but I'd probably put them in the top five all time tag teams. And, uh, yeah, the fact that, um, I mean, their gimmick was that they came in and they won strong. <laughs> so, uh, WWF <laughs> didn't necessarily book them the same way. They did most for the most part, I guess that, uh, they were in, uh, everywhere else. But, um, yeah, uh, I really like the fact that, uh, the natural disasters looked strong compared oh, to yeah, they, LOD. Yeah. They just, uh, an earthquake doing things like drop kicks and stuff was just like, phenomenal like amazing yeah the guy that size and tugboat's no slouch either or typhoon uh he's actually uh in the hospital now so if uh, anybody wants to uh maybe get on his facebook page and wish him well wishes uh fred ottoman yeah because um i'm friends with him on facebook now so i get oh, cool. friends with shock but That's awesome. um 
yeah, unfortunately, I don't think he's doing real hot. But um, we'll send our well wishes out to you, Fred, Uncle Fred, as they like to call you. Yeah. But um, yeah, it was this was a this was a good match because anytime you see the Legion of Doom in trouble is always intriguing. It's a it's a it's a big deal. Yeah, because this didn't happen very often, and uh, of course, natural disasters are just they're very believable. Just uh, two big, huge guys that crush you. And I still to this day don't know how he doesn't kill people on the earthquakes clash. Yeah, I have no idea. That's gotta. Oh man, that's gotta hurt. Yeah, <laughs> but I just liked how uh, they did the splash and the the uh, I think he called it the tsunami and the uh, earthquake splash to animal at the end and just decimated them. And they lost because they were they kind of screwed themselves. Um, they got disqualified. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, which is kind of showing like, hey, they could have won, you know. They would have beat the Legion of Doom because Legion of Doom is already tag team champions by this point. Uh, let's see here. I'm trying to I would think. like to have seen Legion of Doom against Demolition, but unfortunately they didn't really ever make any big deals about that. Uh, did that, did, I, I mean, that did happen, didn't it, or did it not? It did, but it was with Crush because uh, Axe that, was already out. So. That doesn't, doesn't count. Yeah, it doesn't count for me. Because uh, Demolition, of course, I, I like them a lot. I mean, as a kid, I I loved them. I I I don't necessarily. I'm not super high on them now. Not yeah. You know, let's not. Don't even need to go there anymore. But uh, <laughs> uh, I I loved them as a kid, I, and I was not a fan of uh, LOD so much. Well, they were kind of hard to be fans of, uh, especially when they were like beating the crap out of your favorite wrestlers. That's true. All the time. That's true. <laughs> Uh, let's see here. What else we got going on? That's it. That was the main event. That wasn't the main event, but that was the last uh, show on or last match on the show. That could have been a main event though. That was a main event quality match. Uh, it was. If it wasn't for Ric Flair and Roddy Piper, that would have been the main event to me. Yeah, yeah, because Ric Flair, uh, Roddy Piper could be on first and still be the event. It doesn't uh, matter where they're at. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Okay, so hey, if you like the show. Even if you don't like the show that much, leave us a review on iTunes. We could really use the reviews. <laughs> we know people out there are listening. We just, uh, you know, we're we're an up and up and coming show. We've been around now for about twenty two episodes, but we could use more reviews so that uh, we get some visibility out there. If you take the time to listen, take a minute to leave a review. Seriously, uh, if if you're if you're sitting there and you've listened to the show, uh. Just go ahead and uh, leave us a review. Uh, if you're on your iPhone, you can do it right there. If you're on your computer, uh, do it through there. Go to uh, iTunes, look for Take 4 Wrestling. Just take a second to leave a review. That would help us out a lot. Another way you can help us out is by doing your Amazon shopping through our website. Go to tfradio.net. Uh, look on the homepage for an Amazon link or the search box. Click on it. It'll take you to Amazon in all the... Uh, things you can get on Amazon normally, uh, your toilet paper, your toothpaste, your TVs, your video games. If you buy any of that through our website, Amazon sends back just a little bit of the money to help us pay for the show as a thank you for referring you. If you're not using it, it's kind of like you're stealing from us because it's so easy and you can use it every, you can use it every single time you go to Amazon and it doesn't cost you a cent more. So please go to tfradio.net, click on the Amazon link, or just go directly to tfradio.net slash Amazon, bookmark it, use that every time you go to Amazon, and it helps us out, helps us pay for the show. And um, doing all these shows, it costs money. It costs quite a bit of money. Way more and than... Right now... Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, right now, you can get the uh, WWE Mutant figures 
on Amazon. Um, <laughs> if you, you want the those, Goro yeah. Brock Lesnar. Oh, I, um, I thought about getting to Brock Lesnar. I'll be honest with you. Yeah, he was kind of cool looking. Uh, the uh, Stardust figure's interesting. And, of course, you got the Crocodile Bray Wyatt, the Scorpion Sting, and you can also get the Ninja Turtle WWF figures. I love those. Did you get – you got uh, – I got Cena. I got Cena. Okay. Maybe I, I would probably get Macho Man. Are they how much are they in stores? Uh, twenty bucks. So on Amazon, uh, they are uh more expensive. So uh, I don't know that I'd use Amazon for that unless you want to. But I saw today, uh, new figures are going to come out. Uh, let's see if I remember. So Roddy Piper was Michelangelo. Uh, Donatello was um. Oh goodness. So The Rock was Raphael was The Rock. Um, Leonardo was Don, Leonardo or Donatello one was the ultimate warrior. I think it was Donatello was the ultimate warrior and <laughs> the other escapes me, but it was pretty cool. Yeah. I might have to get that. Uh, I'd probably get the ultimate warrior one. That one's really cool. Uh, yeah, I, I need to get the uh, Macho Man and I'll be happy with the first set, but I really do love this uh, Leonardo John Cena figure. I genuinely do. <laughs> well, that's, it's a pretty neat looking figure. It is. It's great. Uh, but yeah, so uh, there's lots of stuff you can get. Um, Amazon, like I said, won't charge you anything more than what they normally do. They send back a little bit to us, and uh, running this, it's expensive. It really is. Uh, let's see. Here. I'm not cheap. No, you know he's not. Uh, how do people get a hold of you, JT? You can get a hold of me at www.rf. No, you, TF no. Radio. Darn it. I've been doing so good. <laughs> TFRadio.net slash HOGG. And also at Facebook. At or Twitter at uh at JT underscore H O G G. I think that's it. Uh, yeah, and you can find me at Twitter at B Kilby. I'm on Instagram at Brian Kilby, and you can find all of our shows at TF Radio. Uh, and you can find uh, on Twitter, and you can find us at Facebook at facebook.com slash TF Radio. Okay, JT, we'll be back next week. We'll be talking about uh, Madison Square Garden, uh, WWF Old School. Uh, December 22nd, 1991. I suggest everybody go watch it. Yeah, it's great. Okay, we'll uh, catch you guys next week. Thanks for being here. We'll see you later. Bye. See you later. And you die cast.